this government right now has cut corners. Uh, they've manufactured a crisis to get us to this place. So now all of those private for-profit corporations that have been you know, circling like vultures around Ontario's uh, public health care system uh, are going to stand to profit, and that's what this is about. Mm, all right. Okay, that's what it's about. It's a manufactured controversy, says Merritt Stiles. Yeah, no, healthcare in this country has been a mess for a very long time. And um, the NDP are going to continue to beat this drum uh, unless they modernize and finally admit that no one is actually getting timely care. None of us. And it does come at a cost. Not only are people just needlessly suffering longer, but waiting for medical treatment does have a cost because, you know, uh, the Fraser Institute dug into the cost and lay out in the last year alone 1.2 million patients lost $3.6 billion in wages and productivity. So when you look at that per patient, we're talking $2,925. So that is one year. Bakas Barua is director of the Fraser Institute Center for Health Policy Studies. He co-authored this report, Waiting Your Time, Wait Times for Healthcare in Canada 2022. Great to have you. Good morning, and thank you so much for having me on the show again, Ox. There is not just a pain, um, you know, suffering that people pay with. It, it is it is a cost uh, to our economy. And so for all the pushback we get on this um, as creating a two-tier system, we're creating a two-tier system anyway because people are uh, becoming economically un- unable to, to afford health care that they're waiting for. Yeah, you know, I mean, we've talked about this many, many times. Uh, this is a really, really old story that's been playing out in Canada for more than three decades. Um, you know, we've seen uh, wait times uh, increase pretty much every single year uh, since we started measuring them in the er- in the early 1990s. Um, at that time, wait times were about 9.3 weeks across Canada. Uh, last year, when we measured wait times, it was 27.4 weeks. Um, and absolutely, you know, when you look at you know small segments of these things, it looks like okay, well, COVID played a part in it, and it did. Mm-hmm. Um, or you might say, okay, well, you know, in, you know, let's say in the t- 2010s, you faced some other issues, and that changed it. But it's really when you look at that overall trend across three different decades, you understand that, oh, no, these are structural issues that are just getting worse over time. Um, and the only right. solutions that we have right now, which is to kind of pump money into into a, into the same uh, failing system, uh, doesn't really work. Uh, and the study that we did today is really about just trying to understand the impacts of those, of those wait times. Um, wait times can have uh, an impact in terms of, uh, you know, your medical condition deteriorating, it can cause stress and anxiety. Um, in the worst cases, you can actually, you know, uh, have mortality while waiting for for care. Um, and there's an economic cost. And we're only really just looking at the economic cost over here. So this is just one particular consequence of it. Um, and as you said, that's um, where it, even just that is adding up to about $3.6 billion or about $3,000 per patient. And I'm sure if you actually talk to patients, they'll tell you that this is probably a, oh, yeah. a conservative estimate. <clears throat> Well, right, because, I mean, bottom line is, if you've got a bum hip and you got to wait two years, that bum hip in two years is going to be a complete dis- disaster. I'm going through it right now, and it's like, oh, my God. By the time they have to replace a hip, I'll need a whole body. That gets a lot more expensive. Um, but the other thing is, because we're just talking about things like knees and hips and, and eyes, but, like, if you're waiting for a family doctor, you're not going to get one. We just don't have them. Um, you know, millions of people in the province of Ontario can't get them, so then they got to go to a walk-in clinic. Or they don't go at all, and then they they don't get treated and then the cycle just continues so there's costs right across the board yeah and you know i i have to say that it's uh you know it's it's not just um what people may think in terms of uh, elective surgery elective is just a term that's right. that's essentially used for non non-scheduled surgery but even if we look at something like neurosurgery if i was i was looking at the wait times in ontario between 
uh, getting a referral from a GP to to actually getting treatment. This is up more than a year. Like the average wage is up more than a year. It's about eighty two point seven weeks at our last estimate uh, in Ontario. Uh, and so, so if you imagine a patient waiting for neurosurgery going more than a year, um, that's something mm. really, really serious. Um, it, and as you said, it can lead to medical consequences, uh, which we haven't actually measured over here. Um, and the only thing that we're actually measuring is the the lost time and productivity during the work week. Um, even when we start to you know include things like evenings and weekends, um, the costs suddenly start shooting up. It starts going to about yeah. ten point nine billion dollars or nine thousand dollars per patient. And even that's not looking at the at the at the time it takes to actually see a specialist in the first place. So yeah, you know, Canada has. It's it's long been one of the most expensive healthcare systems in the world, most expensive universal healthcare systems in the world. Uh, we have some of the fewest resources in terms of physicians per capita, beds per capita. We have certainly the longest wait times where wherever we can measure this data, um, and and nothing's really been changing over time. Um, so yeah, you know something really has to has to be done, and it's unfortunate that we're talking about this. I would say from a place of of, of weakness right now, where the system is. It's kind of, you know, breaking up in different ways and people are being forced to wait excessively long wait times um, rather than a place of strength where we could see this coming down the horizon. Uh, but, you know, regardless, something has to change. You know, either patients need to be given an alternative, sort of like a pressure valve in the system, or the public system needs to think about what are the incentives in place. Uh, we need to look at other countries that are doing universal healthcare differently uh, and try and figure out how they actually get shorter wait times for the same costs uh, and why why that's not happening in Canada. Unfortunately, we often get well. There stuck has to be political will. Yeah, like we got we have to have the political yeah. will, and then the unions have. To, I mean, we, the other countries probably don't have to deal with the unions, and you can only do so much. And if everyone is pushing back, we're never going to get this solved. But everyone's going to have to come to the table and give up a little bit to make the change. Otherwise, it's yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I think there's there's a there's definitely a perception problem as well, where we continuously, you know, contrast ourselves with the United States and we forget yeah. that there are 28 other countries around the world, you know, including countries like the Netherlands, Switzerland, France, Germany. These are all countries that have the same social goal. They do universal health care, but they understand that in order to deliver on that promise, they should look at the best resources they have. So they partner with the private sector, they expect patients to share in the cost of treatment, they fund hospitals according to activities so that it's, you know, working dynamically according to what um, what treatments are actually needed. Um, and unfortunately, these sort of discussions are just not on the table in Canada yeah. right now. Um, but we are seeing a little bit of movement in, in different provinces, including including in Ontario today. So uh, we'll see how that all pans out. Well, like we said, we got this new health uh, deal. Um, we'll see if it does reduce the numbers in wait times, because if uh, Doug Ford can pull this off, it's a, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty big feat. Nonetheless, always appreciate your uh, view on this, Bacchus. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on the show. There you go, Marcus Barua joining us. And we have talked a few times, and it is the same kind of conversation. It's a longer we wait, the longer we wait to fix all this. The costs that we are paying um, are far more expensive, but the people suffering pain is a lot worse. So something's going to give, and it's going to have to be from all sides. So we'll see when we start to see improvements from uh, these changes in legislation.